Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. We start this three, uh, 4 o'clock hour, excuse me, Brett McMurphy, Action Network HQ, college football insider, and someone who was... Uh, very much involved in a lot of what happened with the change in college football the last year or two with his reporting, including the addition to the Big 12. Brett, thanks for your time. I I absolutely love the McMurphy's Law. It's a great weekly piece. For those who don't know about it, they should. Uh, It's fantastic. And the one, the interesting one about with Oklahoma State and how consistent they've been, yet they're the ones that remain outside the box when it comes to winning records, top 25 college football playoff and it, it just goes to show you, man, you got to take advantage of opportunities when you have them. Yeah, you really do. I mean, obviously you can look back, um, you know, for Cowboy fans, they, Baylor probably kept them out of the playoffs with that goal line stop. You know, there's still some debate whether Oklahoma State would have got in over Cincinnati. People that I talked to thought that Oklahoma State would because of their strength of schedule. But we'll never know because OSU couldn't score um, – you know, more than three points on, what was it, 75 plays inside the 20. Not that I'm bitter or anything. It's an Oklahoma State a lot. Um, and then, you, then you, had the, you had the missed field goal against Iowa State that went over the crossbar and maybe was good, maybe wasn't good. So, yeah, Oklahoma State got close. They've been consistent. Gundy's taken them to 17, 16 or 17 consecutive bowls, which is pretty amazing, um, you know, Young OSU fans don't realize how bad Oklahoma State was before Gundy got there. Obviously, Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas were a couple of the highlights, but not many highlights other than that. And then this year, I, dude, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I mean, I was at Big 12 Media Day. I, I don't know if you guys have had Robert Allen on the show before, mm-hmm. but he's the longtime color analyst at Oklahoma State. I was at, at Oklahoma State when he was there, so I talked to him often. And he was talking to me about the outlook for the season, and I'm like, man, I go, I don't know what to think. I go, our our Action Network projections has Oklahoma State at maybe four wins. He goes, four? They're, they're, they're going to win eight. I go, dude, all I'm telling you is what the numbers say they're going to be underdogs in eight games. And he's like, who? And I went through the list. He goes, ah, oh, we'll, you know, we'll take care of that. I'm like, I hope you're right. Now, you know, impressive win against Arizona State. They look god-awful against South Alabama. They made Iowa State's offense look like USC with Lincoln Riley. 
I mean, they could still go seven and five, but you know what? They could go two and ten. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what in the world is going on. They, they're off this week. Uh, then they then they jump back into Big 12 play. But, um, yeah, I, I think the goal streak is going to be uh, seriously tested this year if the Pokes can get the six wins or not. Brett, some um, scuttlebutt coming out of Clemson, South Carolina about – that maybe the Tigers have f- figured out a way out of the grant of rights or that a decision could be coming in October. Have you, are you hearing any rumbling on the ACC right now? I mean, what, what was reported, you know, it's, it's basically they're saying specifically it's going to happen in October. I have not been told that. I've been told previously that, yes, Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, those guys are going to – going to attempt to get out of the ACC. They're going to notify that, that they are leaving the ACC. The only thing I've never had is a specific timetable. So if it is October, um, great scoop by, um, I think Post, Post Courier newspaper reported that, great scoop by them. I have not been able to confirm that. Um, bottom line is, in three years, those schools are not going to be in the ACC. The question is, where are they going to be? And how are they going to find a way out of the grant of rights? And how much money is it going to cost them? I do know from talking to people at various schools around the league, they think there is a way out of the, the so-called ironclad grant of rights. I do know from talking to people within the ACC, they feel like the grant of rights is ironclad and nobody's going to get out. Ultimately, everything gets settled. This is a little bit different, as you know, because of the Grant of rights is still, you know, played out for uh, 12, 13 more years, where it's different for any other conference when a school left, where you have one, two, maybe three years tops. So this is a totally different animal. I don't think the ACC is simply going to say, okay, write us a check, you can go. But I do think they, I mean, look, it's no secret they know these guys are going to leave at some point. We'll see if it's October. And I do think that's why I was told this. That's why they added, um, is I like to call him Calford, Calford and SMU, because they're filling up because if they go below um, 14 schools or 15 schools, including Notre Dame, then ESPN can renegotiate their TV deal. So you want to add schools now when you actually have an opportunity to get some group five schools, even if they are on the left coast, or do you wait until the last minute and then who knows, who knows what's available and you're basically – you know, picking some corpses from the American. Brett, as no you know, to the American. Oh, sorry, Brett, as you know, there's always flickers of, of realignment talking. Obviously, anything with the ACC to what you're suggesting would, would open up a whole new can of worms for everybody. Uh, but as you best understand it right now, we were talking about this this article that uh, Max Olson and, and the Athletic had about just deep diving into the Big 12 and how all that unfolded with picking up the pack schools. Um, you see from time to time, like, well, what about Oregon State and Washington State? And would they fit? And where, what is your understanding about where the Big 12 finds itself currently? And is there any Anything to wanting more of the uh, the West with, with either of those two schools? Where do you think their position is right now on, on further expansion? Uh, regarding Oregon State and Washington State, I can sum up the Big 12 interest in two words, no and no. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to do it. Um, they're, they're, fine at, they're fine at 16. Now, if some things happen with the ACC, that's a different matter. Um, we see where the where the schools scatter to. Obviously, they're going to 
looks to go to the Big Ten and the SEC. But after a lot of those schools moved, I think, you know, again, this is this is old school me thinking geography actually matters. <laughs> but I think a great fit geography-wise, if they could bring on Pitt and Louisville. I mean, if you make the backyard brawl a, a Big 12 game, I mean, that would be – that not would be, but is one of the best rivalries in, in college football. Louisville and Cincinnati, located very close. That would be a, that would be a great rivalry too. So, if some team starts, you know, leaving from the ACC and then teams are looking for a way out, then I think the Big Twelve will look to go beyond sixteen. As far as Oregon State and Washington State, absolutely not. If if they wanted to do that, they would have already done it. They wouldn't have waited until now to do it. And also, you know, that there is a narrative out there. Well, you you know, they need to help. Not necessarily the Big Twelve, but anybody. They need to help these these teams out. They shouldn't be left in the, you know, by themselves. Well, you know, look, you got to worry about yourself, and that's kind of one of the problems with college football is everybody's in their own silo, and they're doing what's best for your conference. The Big Twelve is going to do what's best for the Big Twelve, the SEC, what's best for the SEC, etc. And so, when that when that happens, you see some crazy realignment, and now you've got Oregon State and Washington State. Who knows what's going to happen with them next year? Are they going to have a two-team conference with the winner getting a bid to the college football playoff? I know the commissioners met today. They kicked the can down the road a little bit more because they can't make a decision because they don't know what the league is going to look like. But um, from your initial question, uh, that you know, no, no uh, Cougars and no uh, no Beavers for the Big Twelve. Brett, why are college coaches so angry today? I think they've all got rabbit ears and I think they're, they're very, they're very sensitive to things and everything now is, so, is out there on social media. And, you know, before social media, if, if a fan base was upset or you had people upset or players were upset, um, you know, you maybe heard it from that player or maybe you heard it when you ran into a specific fan or something, if you ran into him in a grocery store or something. Now everybody's got a voice. And so, you know, all these pe- coaches, you know, they, they're busting their ass, they're working 25 hours a day, and then all they're seeing is people are mad because they're not winning games by enough, they're not impressive enough, they're not covering the spread, yada, 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 and now they're, now they're pushing back. Um, I think a lot of that, you know, is, is obviously the pressure of being paid that much money. And, you know, it's, it's not the old days where you'd have two or three years to work something out. A lot of these guys got one year to turn this thing around, especially now with the transfer portal. And so I think it's just everybody's, you know, a little bit more sensitive to everything. And these coaches are going to push back and fight back. And kind of what I wrote today about, you know, these coaches are going to are going to use every bit of motivation they can, whether it's real, whether it's, you know, whether they grab it out of thin air, they're going to do whatever they can to get their team jacked up. Um, and, you know, they could care less at the if it's true or not. All they know is they can tell their football team A, B, and C, and hopefully that'll get the team to run through the the uh, proverbial brick wall. Brett, are you surprised that Alabama has found itself in the in the pre- predicament and now, even though they, they had a nice little rally last week and appeared to have buoyed their season after the Ole Miss win, but still they haven't solved all their problems? Yeah, I mean – I mean, a lot of people questioned Alabama this year. And, you know, look, they, it's funny you ask me that question. They they have one loss. They're in the top 12 or 13. And we're like, what the hell is wrong with Alabama? 
Um, but that's what happens. I mean, and that's why Nick Saban, without question, is the greatest college coach of all time. And I'm not an Alabama homer or anything like that. But that's the reality. I don't even think people appreciate what a great job he's done. I think, unfortunately, we're not going to realize it until his career's done. And then we look back and say, wait, he was ranked number one for 12 consecutive seasons. Wait, he never fell out of the top, you know, 15, except for 99% of the week that there were AP polls. Um, certainly you look at where they are with quarterbacks. They've won with, with subpar quarterbacks in the past, but that with a combination of a new offensive coordinator and some key losses, you know, defensively also, and you lose Bryce Young, obviously Will Anderson on defense. Now Alabama seems more mortal-like maybe than they have in the past. But you know what? Guess what? They still control their their destiny in the SEC. They, their loss is out of conference. You know, that's the good news. The bad news is they can't lose again because the four-team playoff is not going to invite a two-team, a two-loss team, even if it's Alabama. But, um, you know, don't, uh, don't, don't put uh, dirt on Bama's grave yet because, you know, they could – They've done it before when people doubt him. And, uh, you know, I, I would not bet against Saban, but certainly they do look more gettable, I agree with you, than, than maybe in past years. And I think part of it is the lack of star power on offense, specifically at quarterback and wide receiver. Part of me feels like Saban couldn't be happier that this is the situation that they have to work through some of these things. I think he probably enjoys yeah. that to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. He's, always, he's, always, he's always a heavy favorite. Now, now every day, nobody's giving us a chance. Everybody's <laughs> doubting us, you know. He's, he's banging that drum every day. So, Brett, uh, how attractive do you think the Michigan State job will be for potential coaches out there? Uh, attractive in that you're in the Big Ten and you're going to be at a school that's going to be making close to $100 million in a few years with your, your meteorite deal, and you're going to be on NBC, CBS, and Fox and all those things. Um, you know, look, it's it obviously, you know, you're starting over from scratch, but – with the transfer portal, you can come in and you can change things right away. The challenge for whoever takes over Michigan State is, you know, this is going to could be similar to how when when Dion came to Colorado, except Dion like kicked everybody out of Colorado he didn't want. I think if you're at Michigan State and you're going to be fleeing before you even know who the next coach is going to be, because to get any kind of coach that's that's a, a name, and you guys have seen all the lists out there. You're not going to get any of those guys until early December, mid-December, depending on their status as far as the playoffs or New Year's Six games or whatever. Um, and so how many of those Michigan State kids that are that can play are going to wait around from that? I mean, they're probably right now, you know, making their plans for the next stop. So, yeah, you can do a Dion and bring in a whole new roster to kind of build up your program, but I just I think it's going to be a tougher build for whoever comes in there. But look, it's a Big Ten job; they're going to get a ton of ton of folks because of what that job will pay and the resources you have in there. That's the good news. The bad news is you have more bodies to climb over: USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington. So you know, forget about you know competing with Michigan and Ohio State. Now you got potentially, you know, two to three more top, top 25, top 30 teams every year that you're going to be competing with. But ultimately, uh, surprise, surprise, like everything else related to college athletics, it'll depend on money, and Michigan State will have plenty of money to throw with the next guy.
Let me ask you. I had to ask this, Brett. They had this college football playoff meeting, whatever, and they knew that the Pac-12 was unsure of what they were going to do with the Pac-2. Why didn't they just cancel the meeting? Was there really anything they expected to get done? Well, they they also meet about other things, not specifically that. So okay. it's a it's a it's a regular scheduled meeting. So it's just it's on the books that they're going. You know, they meet periodically throughout the year. So. Um, you know, they talked about other things. There's a, a million th- minutia things, you know, possibly, you know, future playoff sites, um, you know, bowl agreements as far as the New Year's Six. Uh, TV, you know, TV rights going forward with 12-team playoffs. So this wasn't simply a, hey, what are we going to do access-wise for the 12-team for the playoffs? There's a lot of other things going on. Brett, as always, thank you. Great stuff. Action Network HQ, uh, our, our go-to, one of the na- uh, national analysts who does an incredible job and with us whenever we can possibly get him. Thank you, Brett. Have a great week. This has been a Rogue Media Network production. Oh.